the same dude Used to wake up playing GameCube Whatever game we playing, man, I can't lose Can't choose what game system they use Like saying who better, Ken or Ryu You love BGs, oh yeah, girl, me too We can watch anime all day and skip school Young legend, rap taking to a new level New medals for young kings who don't settle In the crib with my big bro playing Nintendo I will never let go, gotta keep it red Got every single color joystick for the six ball I will never let Rick, happy Thursday, all. That's right, that's right. Thirsty Thursdays, as we say, Thanos Rick. How thirsty are you? Man, I'm, I'm doing all right, man. How, how things going with you, man? I know it's been a few days. Um, we got a lot of news to cover, man. What's, what's been going on with you, Thanos Rick? What's, what's, been, what's been happening? Much, man. Just taking one day at a time, brother. I know the, the Geek Squad, the Orange Phoenix team has been missing us, but we're back. We are here. That's right. You know, That's right. Like, like you said, E, a lot to discuss today. You know, some some things I wish we would discuss today, but hey, it is what it is. It like, is like what? Like what? Your stupid ranking thing that you want to talk about today, but I digress. Wow. I digress. Wow. I think it's stupid. Wow. I think it's stupid. How? 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 How is it stupid? But, we would, but we, I will let you have the floor in that way. I saw you the let list. Me have the floor. I saw the list. I think it's stupid, but it's all right. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's the all list. Kinds of stupid. <laughs> the list. The list that Thanos Rig is talking about, except for number one. Number one, they got right. Okay, number one, they got right. Okay, yes. and the list that, that Thanos Rick is talking about is the Sega console list from worst to best. 
and we're gonna cover that like the last segment of the show. Um, I didn't know they they don't drink. I didn't know you felt that <laughs> you you felt that way. You wish we wouldn't talk about. Like I guess you did not agree with this list. E, you and your list, man. We love your list, but it's I okay. I did create it. I didn't make it. <laughs> I didn't make it. I did. I did not create the list. <laughs> Goodness gracious, man. <laughs> you love these lists, man, but you know, we, we will discuss it. But like I, like I said, I do agree with number one. It got number one right. Look, I, so the, the other eight, uh, you know, yeah, I, you know, I would, so, I want, I want to hear your take on, on the other eight. So my thing is this, right? Um, I was going through some notes and stuff like, okay, this is what we're going to cover today. This is what we're not going to cover today. We're going to wait. Da, 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 da. And then I see this list. I see it on, you know, Screen Rant. So this is according to Screen Rant. Yeah. I didn't make the list. <laughs> I, didn't make the- <laughs> I didn't make this list. But hey, I'm just saying, like, um, a very, very interesting list to say the least, man. Um, I know before we start the show, the magazine, the August edition of Orange Fitness Magazine will be released very, very, very soon. Okay? Very soon. And it's chock full of information, chock full of articles, reviews, previews, wrestling information. I'm telling you, this is probably the biggest issue we have today. Oh, my. It's probably the biggest issue. As far as the amount of content that is, that is in this edition of uh, Orange Fitness Magazine, this is... This is the biggest issue, the August edition of Orange Finish Magazine. Uh, and it will be released really, really soon. Shout out to Brittany Silvana, our editor-in-chief. You know, shout out to her, man. Hey, Look, Brittany. we got, yeah, she, she does a damn good job. Yes. A damn good job with yes. the magazine and the editing and everything else. So she is awesome through and through and through. So um, I know eventually we're gonna do something like very, very special for her. And, you know, and all her hard work and dedication, especially with the magazine, because, you know, most times like she does the show with me when we do like evening shows and we haven't done that in quite some time. We were doing like morning shows and stuff like that. But I will say this, though, um, I do propose that we the weekend of SummerSlam, because that's all I think all out or AEW Rampage is there. Um, we are asked to do Tales of the Turnbuckle, the first edition with myself, you, Thanos Rick, and Mad Max himself. As you know, we talk wrestling and wrestling only. And that'll probably be like a, an afternoon, evening show type deal. But we're still working the cakes out on that. So, um, speaking deal, of which, real, real quick, mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt being cut by WWE. Vince, you are a piece of work. And I will leave it at that. Proceed. I don't think. No, I don't proceed, think. Proceed, proceed. We will okay. save this for, you know, when Max gets on board. And, you know, but I just want to say that you are <laughs> uh, fucking work. Listen, um, BC said we should zoom for Rampage. Like, are you talking about the Chicago Rampage? Or are you talking about like, the first edition of Rampage? Now, Oh, okay, the Chicago Rampage. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. That would be a dope thing, though. That that actually would be a dope concept. Now, I'm not sure how to share screen it, like for like people to watch, because that that would be a dope concept to actually, you know, get on Zoom, especially the wrestling fans in the Geek Corner, and actually, you know, watch this together. That that would be super, super dope. And just to touch a little bit, 
like AEW Dynamite was last night, and this was a debut of the match debut of Malachi Black. Now, those of you who may know him as Alistair Black in NXT and WWE, but he made his debut, and it was the main event where he goes goes up against Cody Rhodes, and he beat Cody's ass. And I mean, in decisive which, fashion. Which I was surprised. I I, I, I wasn't expecting a beatdown like that. Because Cody, Cody, Cody can hold his own. Cody so, can definitely hold his own. And I mean, nothing against. I mean, nothing against Alistair Black. You know, he's a fantastic wrestler, but so is Cody. I right. just, I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting a beatdown like that. From from a fan standpoint, is is shocking because if you if they pan the crowd, the crowd was shocked at the manner that he won, right? Yeah. But from a wrestling analyst standpoint, I understand. I'm not shocked because Cody puts people over and especially people that's been slighted by another company maybe he did Brody Lee like that Brody Lee squashed him like that um so now you got Alice you know you got Malachi Black and he won with the foot over the chest and no no legit pin just I'm gonna just put my foot on your chest and beat you that way and not only that while you was debating retirement I'm gonna beat the shit out of you after the fact so that that right there major major heat and that puts malachi black over i just absolutely positively love what they are doing with mira and you know otherwise known as rusev i love what they're doing with him he is 11 and 0 he is a tnt champion and i love that tnt championship belt i love his persona and it is it's just great i have nothing but good things to say about that that Miro is is on his way, man. I can't see anyone legitimately beating him right now. You know, I I wish to go back to your point with Cody and Malachi. I really wish Cody wouldn't do that. I understand Cody's trying to do people a solid, yeah. By getting, you know, by getting his ass kicked. I get it, but that doesn't really help the other wrestler who Cody is facing. Yes, it does. Not really. I mean, how? How is not? Because nobody expected. Put like this. You know how it shocked you? Well, no. You were surprised? Well, well, no. It's. it's he, I still want a good match. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't need Cody taking these hits just to make someone look good. I, I never really liked that in wrestling. Give me a good match. If you're going to win, goddammit, win. Wrestle. Win. But don't. You know, if I was a wrestler, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, you know, I'm in the match with Max. For, for, for example, you know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't need Max laying down to make me look good. I, I wouldn't appreciate that. Like, bro, right. give me the match. Don't 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 do me a solid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Give me the match. Don't do that. Like that that type of stuff. I really don't like. I'm gonna be honest. I got you. And I mean, but you know, to know like creative control. You know, you ought to know Malachi and Cody already discussed that. So the thing is, when the last time you seen. Alistair Black Rust. Before last night. When the last time you seen him like in the ring? I guess. It's been a minute. It's been, it's a, been minute. a minute, right? And, and, it's been Mal- like- and Malachi can wrestle. Malachi can wrestle. When he was Alistair Black, I mean he could wrestle. No one is denying his wrestling talent. All yeah, I'm yeah. saying is still put on a good match. Don't don't you know, and peace to Cody. Cody, I respect you. You know, you're you're running a great show, man. I get it. But don't 
Don't do that, Cody. Don't do that. Cool. Don't so, do that. so here's, here's what I'm saying. You said the last time we have seen Alistair Black Russell was like early, or like early this year or last year sometime. It's been a minute. It's, it's been, been a hot minute. minute. So you get news that he gets released from the WWE. Then you get news that he's in AEW. What is the best way in his persona? What is the best way to showcase how dangerous this man is? You have to beat someone like that that is relative, decisively. And that was perfect because you can't have him struggle against Cody. And, and that's what a good match is. He's gonna struggle against Cody. No, he can't do that because this is the first time he showed up in months, damn near a year. And his persona screams domination. You got to have him dominate. It, it has to happen. That's why when some wrestlers like give that nod to to other like like Rusev, he's supposed to be a dominant person. Goldberg, a dominant person. Brock Lesnar, dominant person. You know, you got to have that type of situation, and you can't just have Black beat any other Joe Blow. He got to beat somebody notable, and the perfect person to do it is Cody. Cody I did disagree. that. I disagree because Cody, Cody really isn't the guy who you just dominate like that. Well, but saying, that's the point. That's the I'm point. Not, like you, you're not, not gonna expect Cody, that. Listen, I'm not saying Cody's the goat, but yeah. I, I just don't think it's believable that Cody can just get beat down like that. That's okay, all I'm so, saying. So, so yeah. Alistair Black is taller than Cody, bigger than Cody. Yeah. He is he's is definitely believable he can beat Cody's ass. But Cody is guys bigger than him before. He beat Brody Lee. He beat Brody Lee, God rest his soul. But Brody Lee squashed him the same manner that Black did. And nobody better than I because now you got to see how good Luke Harper or Brody Lee is. Then later, you see Cody get in a, a spectacular dog collar match with him. And now you got a, like a match match here. And then at that point, Cody actually won the TNT Championship from that standpoint. So not to say that that's, he's not going to have a good match because Cody, by his words, wants to retire by 40. You notice that he kept his promise. He said, if I lose this AEW World title match, I will never challenge for this title ever again. And he has not done that. He, he made the TNT Championship prestigious. He won it twice. Brody Lee won it. And then if you really notice how he was grooming Darby Allin, people didn't know who Darby Allin was, except for like a, a select few pro wrestling fans. And, it was, and anytime they wrestled, they wrestled to a draw. Or Darby like comes up just a little short. But then that last match, the one that was for the TNT title, Darby wins legitimately. And now Sting is with him. Sting gives him the rub. Now Darby Allin's there. Cody is doing exactly what a veteran is supposed to do. Pay it forward. And he did that for Malachi. It's not going to diminish his character at all if he just gets squashed because we know how great Cody is. That, you know, that was his, I'm pretty sure that was his idea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and Malachi was, he might have his recollections like like you do, Thanos. But he's like, look, this is, this is perfect. And, you know, he spoke on Paul Heyman, Malachi Black. Malachi Black. He said, this dude been in my corner from day one. And... You know, I get lost in the shuffle, I come back. Get lost in the shuffle, I come back. He said, he told me, get ready for a fight. Now he said, he said fight was a lack of a better word, but get ready for a debate when it comes to your character or whatever the case may be. So Cody did 
did it. I want to say did him a favor, but if you notice, Cody was about to like retire, you know, because he about to put his boots in the middle of the ring. Then Malachi comes in, smacks him with the crutch, and then at that point, now you got a bigger storyline now. Now Cody's like, all right, man, I'm gonna have to beat you some way, shape, or form. Which honestly, I think Malachi's gonna come out with the dub on that one too. But not in such a domination, dominating fashion like he did on the first match. But you have to have that shock value for him. You can't have him struggle, like at all. I hear you. I hear you. You just pro wrestling one on one. That's all it is. That's all it is. I mean, yeah, I, I, I get that, but I, I just, never, I never really liked that because I feel like you're robbing me of a, of a great match. True, but how many matches Cody has won? Like me and Story say, you can't keep getting squashed like that. I get it. But Cody has won several matches prior to that loss. Several. Any match he's been in, one-on-one, he's won. He has single-digit losses. He has twice as many wins, or three times as many wins as he does losses. Those losses that he had were significant. And it was significant to the point of putting someone else over, and now they are doing their own thing. They're significant losses. But, you know, it's, it's just paying it forward, man. I don't think Cody really desires to be world champion unless the world champion actually openly challenges him. Well, and mean, Cody Cody has nothing to prove, really. You know, I no. think Cody's going to retire and he's going to, you know, run AEW, you know, with, with this with his team. And, you know what I'm saying? It's, I get it. I get it. You know, Cody, I think Cody has other things on his mind. I think Cody is focused on the future. You know what I'm right. saying? So... You know, in, in, in that sense, okay, I get it. Cody's getting beat like that. I get it. I get it. You know, I'm, right. all, I'm, all I'm saying is, he don't don't rob me of a good match. You know, especially when I know what you do. I know your talent. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember when, remember when Stone Cold went heel back in the early 2000s or whatever. Stone Cold was getting his ass beat. You know what I'm saying? More than he typically would. Remember that that, that period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stone Cold was, was getting his ass beat, and I couldn't understood. I, I couldn't understand for the life of me why was he getting beat down so easily when he turned heel. <laughs> you know, yeah. like Stone Cold. Like we know what you can do. We know what you're capable of. Don't don't just make this wrestling change because you're a heel. But like, I don't I don't like stuff like that. Like you're you're robbing me of great matches because of you know creative or whatever the case that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying but if cody wants to do it like that hey that's his show cody will run it how he wants to run it all i'm saying is don't rob me of a good match when i know what you can do i know what you can do that's how i felt with kofi and brock i was robbed on top of (laughs) on top of many other things you know kofi and brock yeah that that, that situation I, i was robbed it, it is what it is, man. I don't. You like know, Kofi wasn't going to win that, but yeah. But we all know what Kofi can do. I don't care how big you are, E. We all know what Kofi can do. But you know just like you said about Cody, you didn't view him to be dominant like that. But you know, Alistair is bigger and stronger and taller than Cody. But but Cody. But no you said the same thing about Cody. Cody ain't no I mean, Kofi. Cody can hold, can hold his own now. Let's, but let's not but compared to Brock, you know, Brock is like probably two or three times bigger than him. If that he's all he's all muscle, <laughs> he's just a mountain. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I didn't like the fact that they advertise it that much 
even the Undertaker for the first SmackDown on Fox, and then and and I get what he was trying to do for national television, right? You try to do it like um, UFC, like a UFC type fight, like you want to last for a couple seconds, and I get it. I was pissed, but I got it. But it's WWE at the end of the day, so it's sports entertainment. They're all about satisfying shareholders and keeping those stock prices up. And as long as those numbers stay the same or increasing, they are not going to change. Period. But, but hey, man, check it. We got some Suicide Squad news, man, because you already know, bro. Check it. You already know that Suicide Squad is going to be released tomorrow on HBO Max. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys are ready. And I do got some Suicide Squad news here. Now, it said, according to Screen Rant, it says it's on a track for a huge opening weekend. Now, it's set to take box office by storm when it opens in theaters later this week. According to the latest estimates, guns um, take on Task Force X while retaining some elements from David Ayer's Suicide Squad is a relatively standalone affair that sees Amanda Waller, Banner Convicts, dispatched to Coral Maltese to destroy a Nazi-era base housing the mysterious project Starfish. Returning from the original film alongside Davis are Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn and Joel Kinnaman's Rick Flagg, as well as a host of newcomers, including Idris Elba's Bloodsport, John Cena's Peacemaker, and Daniela Melchior's Ratcatcher 2. Now, um, thus far, the Suicide Squad has been met with critical acclaim and is currently sitting on 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, a significant improvement on its predecessor, which sits on a paltry 26%. And critics have praised the film's blend of glory violence and irreverent dark humor, as with all the Warner Brothers releases so far this year, Guns Film is set to release on August 6th on theatrically and on HBO Max with the studio hoping it will drive new members towards the streaming service. Already released overseas, it earned $7 million, including a $4.7 million from the UK alone. The Suicide Squad domestic sales figure looks to set eclipse it, set to eclipse it by a significant margin. What do you think about that thing, Andre? Well, I think this will be a win for DC and Warner that they haven't had in a very long time so you know he's the dc for getting it right you know i think them bringing in james gunn was genius because james gunn is a genius when it comes you know to, to make these movies and i think that was the right decision and you know just speaking on the business side of things dc they it had creative and negatives that dropped the ball they had to get rid of them you know so I'm happy. I'm happy to see that DC is getting a win. Now, for me to be seeing how well it will do here when it releases, hopefully we will gravitate toward it, you know, and place it, you know, but, you know, it's. I'm happy to see that they getting it right. I think. I assume. So the thing is with that, I, I, we do have a good friend at Cindy Geek Corner that have already seen Suicide Squad. Cool. I think um, where he works at, um, he has access to watch it before, and he says that movie is amazing. 
like amazing. Okay. Um, Gregory Fraser, actually, uh, shout out to Greg. Uh, he actually said it in the Geek Corner. Well, no, I actually saw him in another group, actually, that uh, he stated he's seen the movie already, and it's and it's pretty damn awesome. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that. I cannot wait, man. And also, in uh, other news now, as far as gaming is concerned, as far as gaming is concerned, ladies and gentlemen. So, all right. Those of us that are Street Fighter fans, here we go. You got Street Fighter Five. You know when Street Fighter Five first came out, it wasn't as good as Super Street Fighter Four. But after an update, a patch here and there, it ended up being 10 times, 20 times better with DLCs coming out the ass. Let me tell you. So, according to IGN, Street Fighter V's final DLC character is an entirely new character who will be key to the future of the series. Revealed by director Takeyuki Nakayama at the Street Fighter V Summer Update 2021, Luke specializes and moving fast and hitting hard, he will be added into the game in November 2021 and can be acquired through either the character pass or the premium pass. Now, Luke will be the fifth character to be added to the game as part of season five and will bring the roster of characters to a final count of 45. A tweet from the Street Fighter uh, Twitter account said that Luke is a key player in the future of Street Fighter, while Capcom added in a press release that the new character will help expand the world of Street Fighter and provide fans with a glimpse into the future. Now, two other characters were also added, um, shared through the digital summer update. Oro, the wandering hermit, who first appeared back in Street Fighter 3, will return to the series in, with Turtle in hand. Oro is set to retain portion of his moves from Street Fighter 3. However, the character will also come with some newly learned tricks up his sleeves too. Now, as far as the other character, there is Akira Kazama, who will finally be making her long-awaited Street Fighter debut. Kazama was first introduced into the Rival Schools series in 1997, when she originally donned a motorcycle helmet and biker gear. Arriving to the series in trademark style, Kazuma will both be dangerous up close and at range. Capcom has said that she will bring a variety of new moves to her playstyle, ready to strike anyone who comes before her. Oro and Kazuma, along with the new map title Rival, I'm sorry, Rival Riverside, will be available in game on August 16th. How about that thing, What you think about that, bro? Hank? When, when it's put out there that Luke is going to be the future of the series, what does that mean exactly? Um, I'm guessing that they're actually implying that whenever Street Fighter VI comes out, Luke will be one of the focal points of that other of the series. Because we already know there's Akuma, there's Ken, there's Ryu, there's Dalzim, there's Charlie, there's Gal, there's you know Cammy, you know uh, Nash. Depends on how you look at it. Bison, you know, uh, Bison's henchman, Junie, Julie. You got got all these characters, right? So this thing was going on since Street Fighter 1, and I do have the anthology series, the 30th anniversary. And you got to shake things up a little bit. You got to add some more characters in there. So Luke, I, which I'm looking at the screenshots of Luke right now, and Luke looks very, uh, he looks very intriguing. 
and it may uh, it's gonna allow me to actually pick up Street Fighter Five again because it seems like every time I get away from Street Fighter Five, I'm come back to it to from some way, shape, or form, like to play it. And I mean, honestly, Street Fighter Five is probably one of the best fighting games around currently, popular. So yeah, that, I think that's what that means. It, it comes in out uh, as a Street Fighter Six precursor, if that makes sense. I'm interested in his backstory. Let me ask you a question. Where do you think Street Fighter stands currently in the in the gaming culture? And I asked that because, you know, at one point, Street Fighter was now, granted, this was years and years and years ago. You know, mm-hmm. probably some of our listeners weren't even born then, weren't even born yet. Right. No diss. <laughs> you know, but, you know, when it came out, E, I wouldn't so much say the, the first Street Fighter because that wasn't really all that. But when Street Fighter 2 came out, it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. You have, you know toys and shirts and the game was hot and you even had the movie and every like it was everywhere but over the years it just seems like it's it kind of died down and it, it, it seems like people really weren't giving a fuck about the brand anymore about the about the franchise yes you asked street fighter 4 street fighter 5 honestly i wasn't that impressed with it you know and I hear what you're saying. You have to shake things up and add characters. And but will that help? Like, will will the addition of these characters help the overall brand of this franchise? Honestly, I I don't really know. I don't really know. You know, because I mean, me personally, I think they need to tell a better story. They need to focus more on the story or stories. You know, along with adding in new characters, because mm-hmm. for a while, I, I I don't think the stories of Street Fighter was really hitting on much of anything. My mm-hmm. humble opinion. So I don't I don't know if the addition of new characters, just the characters, is going to help if they don't so, have a solid, new and exciting story. Now I'm not saying go Tekken. Or go Mortal Kombat style with it, but e, you know me, man. I, I I love a good story. I think telling a good story, having a, a solid structure, keeping it new, fresh, and exciting, adapting mm-hmm. and adjusting is key. Correct. You know, so you know, just again, my question to you: Where do you think again? Where do you think Tree Fighter as a whole stands in the gaming culture? So, like with Street Fighter as a franchise. Um, I don't think its popularity uh, waned um, at all because Street Fighter has the Capcom Cup and they have that every freaking year. And almost, I think twice a year, if I'm not mistaken. And it's an Evo. If it's not the main, it, I want to say it's the main event. I want to say, yeah, it's the main event. Um, as far as Street Fighter is concerned. Now, yeah, but Capcom, I mean, Capcom E, what, what does that really I mean, is that really significant? The Capcom Cup? I mean, yeah, I don't... That, that's very significant. I mean, we talking thousands of people, like thousands, yeah, <laughs> you know, but... people that that enter the Capcom Cup, and you know, uh, matter of fact, it's the Capcom Cup, it's Evo, and it's another competition that that Xavier Woods attends, and Kenny Omega. So, like, this yeah, ain't but... no small, this ain't small potatoes. 
Yeah, but Capcom, as again, as far as, as the gaming, the gaming world as a whole. Oh, how, you mean like in other other genres? In general, just just in general, because again, e when Street Fighter Two came out or whatever, like it, it had a stranglehold on the gaming industry for a very long time. Yeah, yeah as far as arcades are concerned, it was eating up quarters left and right. Well, I mean arcades. I mean just e. I mean you had the game. I I I you know we we had those games for the you know Super Nintendo whatever just right. whatever we had it. It was on fire. It was hot. You know, Capcom was hot. E. I don't think Capcom is as hot. As it once was back then, I could be wrong, but I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, it's just, just, just over the years, e over the years, it, it just doesn't seem as strong, except for in you know certain sections, certain factions of the industry. Capcom Cup, yeah, that's cool, but again, Capcom, yeah, I don't. And, e, and Evo is we talking in, in the millions? Oh, Evo's big. Evo's big. But, yeah, and Capcom but, and, and Street Fighter is usually at the main event. I think it was at the main event the past few years, actually. I mean, yeah, just so. just taking Evo out of it, just Capcom itself, Street Fighter by okay. itself. How where does it stand? Um, as far as as far as Capcom is concerned, Street Fighter is is probably their best title, other than Resident Evil, because those really those those top two. Honestly, now Street Fighter. Even back then, was catering to a niche audience. It was it was catering to an audience that just love fighting games. I'm that audience. Like I, I love fighting games, so that that's that's the thing. And Street Fighter, you know, is definitely one of the the top, if not the top, three franchises in fighting game history. Like period. So as far as the storyline for Street Fighter goes, I mean, this thing done like a Street Fighter cartoon series, which is trash, but still, it's part a series. Um, <laughs> it's part of a live action movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme, which is trash, but they did it. They did <laughs> They did a Street Fighter 2 animated movie with Street Fighter Alpha, which that one was freaking awesome above everything, you know what I'm saying? And toys, comics, you know, you name it, they, they spawned that. Now, as far as the story goes, as far as gaming is concerned, the story is very convoluted. It's not straightforward. It's not going to say Street Fighter 1, 2, 3, 4. It's not going to go in that succession because Alpha is kind of like at the beginning. And Street Fighter 5 is at a certain point. And I think Street Fighter 5 is before, uh, I want to say before Street Fighter 2 or 3 around that ballpark. Because, matter of fact, there's a game mode that actually gives you the timeline unless you play the timeline that's on street fighter five so it makes you have a better understanding as far as what is going on and why things are the way they are um so but i i will say this though because i always compare street fighter to king of fighters i will say that king of fighters um had a better story mm. Mm. it had a better story because it you had mm. to beat the game with a certain character, oh, I'm sorry, a certain three characters to get the actual ending that you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that carried over to the next year of King of Fighters. And I think it started in 95, I think. I think that was the Orochi saga actually started. And then you get to learn about Ayori, Kaio, and Shizuru, and mm-hmm. you, know, you get to learn about all those characters and how they are with Rugal and Geese and everybody else. Right. So I feel like that story was better. 
Now, and and with King of Fighters, you it was the move set wasn't as simple. You had to literally learn three characters: who was going to be your anchor, who was going to be your starter, who was going to be in your middle, and also know their move sets and everything else. It was a, it was a little bit more strategic. Street Fighter was definitely strategic because I had a thick ass strategy guy from Brady Games. You remember the Brady Games? We, we all had that guy. We all had you, it. You know what I'm saying? Like I had a Street Fighter anthology book that talked about each character. I, I don't, I don't know where it's at, but I had it and I love that that book. You it's know probably, what I'm saying? It's probably your garage somewhere. E. No, that probably thing is it's dead. It's, it's gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. It's probably burned or got wet up and got thrown in the trash by accident. Like I yeah. haven't seen it in years. So. But Street Fighter Five, it, it, in the beginning, it wasn't Street Fighter Four, by comparison. But after patches and you know additions and everything, it definitely made a name for itself. Now, as a franchise, I don't think this franchise is ever going to die. But I do think they need to add new characters, you know, for shakeups and stuff like that. And of course, you got DLCs. The DLCs are just like the G Wiz. Hey, we adding this character here because. I feel like this should add. This should this should have rival schools again. I feel like <sighs> this should bring that back. I feel like Capcom should bring back Dino Crisis. I feel like they should do that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Capcom. I mean, how Capcom? They, they have great titles, but you you don't hear much of them anymore. That's why I'm saying, like, where where does Capcom stand? Because we there are so many great titles that we played, but it's like they're Capcom, we're really. You know Capcom didn't have like much of a good showing in E3 because okay, we got the Street Fighter stuff. We already knew that. We got the Resident Evil game. We already knew that. And then the Phoenix Wright anthology, which is widely popular, by the way. We talking about about the millions. It is definitely a popular game, and it's an anime too. So not discount those, but you know, people was expecting more, like. You know, again, rival schools, Dino Crisis. Capcom has a lot of games out there that yes. that don't have a current gen game. Yep. Yes. You know, so um, if you're speaking on those terms, yes, Capcom is lacking. Capcom is lacking. Um, their claim to fame is definitely Resident Evil and uh, and Street Fighter. The Resident Evil 2 remake, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Resident Evil 3, good. Street Fighter Five, good. You know, Street Fighter franchise, awesome. It's just that the stuff that we've experienced, you know, in the '90s and the early 2000s, it, it, I, I agree with you, Thanos Rick. The, the upper echelon is not as great as it is, you know, as, as it was. It's to, not to to Assassin B. When you mentioned the Netflix series, do you mean Resident Evil or do you mean the, I guess, Street Fighter series coming up? Allegedly, in the works for Netflix. So, to and, Assassin's Bees, I did. I, there's an article about Resident Evil series in okay. August edition of the magazine. It is okay. okay. Resident Evil. Now, mind you, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a short. It's a short review, but it's dead at well, in my opinion, because I, I wrote about it. it. It's it's dead ass accurate. It's dead ass accurate. It was like, mm, eh, you know. Well, you know what? Even you know what? E even with Resident Evil, 
Uh-huh. How should I say this? And uh, Assassin B, feel free to chime in. How much story can you tell with Resident Evil? A shit ton. Shit ton. Oh, you now you was asking Assassin B or asking me? Both of you. Oh. You and you and Assassin B. How 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 much story can you tell with Resident Evil that hasn't been told already? I a mean, because, shit ton. because I can I can make a case that Resident Evil may have ran its course a few games ago. Mm. I can make that case. Um, I feel like, yeah, you can tell a shit ton of stories. Like a shit ton. Um, and just had Resident Evil Village, which was phenomenal too. Like they did a phenomenal job of that. People was talking about that game. Um, you know, the Ava, you know, Ada Wong. You can actually do a storyline just about her, like her origins or whatever. Or you could do a storyline just the Umbrella Corporation, like the soldiers. Like, you could just do it on that. You could do one on, you know, on Wesker, his origin stories and how he got to a certain point, why he feels the way he feels. Jill, you know, it is a lot you can do with that story as a series. But what I want, Rick, what I really, really want, which I still think Netflix is still doing it. I think the, the Resident Evil series that's on Netflix now, it's not the same. But I think they are doing a live action series on Netflix and it will have the actual characters from the game in this live action series. Okay. I think. But okay. I get where you're coming from though. I, I totally get where you're coming from. Okay. I mean it's just from what I've seen thus far, e, I haven't really been excited. You know, I, I guess I just want something new. And that's, you know, Resident Evil Street Fighter. That's why I was hoping more news about that Street Fighter live action series on Netflix. I was really hoping to see more on that. You know, I didn't and, even know anything about that. Yeah, well, allegedly, because I read it you know, a while ago, there was something in the works at Netflix about a right? new live action Street Fighter show. Huh. I, I read this, but I haven't heard much on that lately. Now, so, if this isn't in the works, then I'm, I'm like, okay, cool. This is what the franchise need. You right, need right. a new Street Fighter or whatever on television, and it has to be on Netflix. Right. It has to be. And I'm going to tell you this, man. Like, here's some of the games, right? Uh, the Capcom has Dark Stalkers. You could do a fighting game about that. Dino Crisis. Um, Final Fight. Uh, of course, Monster Hunter. You got Monster Hunter too. I, I completely forgot about that for Capcom. That's a huge franchise as well. Um, it's still going on. Power Stone. Haven't seen that in God knows when. We yes, I forgot about that one. Right? right? You know what I'm saying? And Strider, beautiful Joe. Yeah. Can I? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can, like, you could literally do so much. You could do so much. You could do beautiful Joe and definitely rival schools of Power Stone. Those are my top three. That you should bring it back. They did Devil May Cry recently, Assassin B. So I, I'm thinking on the franchise that you haven't seen in years. And I will say Beautiful Joe, Rival School, and Power Stone. Just, just give us that. You know, bro, I'll be honest with you. After after Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I was done with it. Because that game was so trash. That game was so trash. Hold on, hold on now. Now are you talking Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite? Because that one is garbage. I, I mean, none of them is better than two. No, 
No, it, it is. <laughs> matter of fact, not... <laughs> matter of fact, Marvel's Capcom Two arguably might be the greatest fighting game of all time. I'm inclined to agree. I'm inclined to that, agree. That with might you. be the greatest fighting game of all time. It doesn't get much better than Marvel's Capcom Two, which I was kind of hoping Dragon Ball Fighters would be like that, but they don't have enough characters for me. Well, I mean, but you do know they still got DLCs dropping, right? When? I think the last one was what? Ultra Instinct Goku? I think that was the last one. I haven't heard of, uh, of, any, of any more. I think Ultra Instinct Goku was the most recent one. I mean, there's a lot. You got Turles, you got Dr. Willow. Um, You can do the movie characters. I mean, once you do the movie characters, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it, really. As far as fighting, because... You also what you have what you have to realize though, like if you really look at those characters, those characters have uh like almost like the same amount of move sets, right? So you can't just pick a Joe Blow out there, especially if you've only seen one move that they've done. You can't really use that character in Street Dragon Ball Fighters because they're gonna get demolished. E. So okay. imagine Marvel's Capcom 2, but Dragon Ball Z. Imagine it. Imagine that. Of all but, the characters that Dragon Ball has. Dragon Ball to Z to Super. Hell, you can yeah. make GT, you can make the movies. Imagine it, all these characters. Ah, but see, they do have the GT characters in there. Yeah, but it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't a lot of them. Nah, hey, I where, mean. Where is Super 17? Bro, imagine playing with Super 17. Oh my God. See, Super <laughs> 17, right? That's another potential DLC right there. I'm, like it is, I mean, in a way, I'm not saying it is Marvel's Capcom 3, but it's, the concept is exactly the same. You tag in, tag out, and you do assist. So it's the same thing, really. As far as the playstyle is concerned, that, that's Marvel's Capcom 2 with Dragon Ball Fighter. You can tag out. You got three versus three every time. I don't know, man. I I, I need Capcom to, you know what I'm saying, get on the good foot. Cause I'm like Marvel's Capcom 2, and you know for a while. I have Mortal Kombat 2 as the best fighting game of all time. I had it for a while. It was MK2 and then Street Fighter 2. But then I'm like, you know what? I enjoyed Marvel's Capcom 2 the most. Right. I really enjoyed that fighting game. Like, I'm going to tell you right now. Okay, Assassin B, like, I'm with you as far as Goku Trash like, as a character. But on the game, though? Goku, you know what? Hey, on stop, the game? Stop, 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 stop. No, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. Go Let me finish. No, because you hate Goku. On Dragon Ball. Because you love Vegeta. You love Vegeta, but he ain't better than Goku. Sorry. But listen, hold on. See, see, <laughs> see you got on the tangent there. What I was going to say is, yes, Goku is trash as a character development standpoint. But on that video game of Dragon Ball Fighters, base Goku is legit. That is one of the people that's in my camp. In my camp. I go, KO Ken, you ain't going to see that shit coming. I will spirit bomb the fuck out your ass. I will do it. Uh huh. Tien is a sneaky little bastard because he can call Chaosu and Chaosu can clean your back and just take a shit ton of health from him. So oh, that Tien is incredibly strong on that game. I don't know how the hell they <laughs> incredibly, incredibly. People underestimate Tien on this game, man. Like, nah, fam. Tien fight, Tien fight like this? Oh hell no! Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, bro. And. I mean, for for a period. Okay, Cooler was one. Freezer was one of my go-to. Freezer was like my anchor for a period. So I, I hit it. I fucking hate Freezer in that game, man. But Freezer get in the inside though. Freezer's a son of a bitch. But still, 
You know, I, I wish they would have had Raditz on there. Could you imagine Raditz going Super Saiyan on that game? Crazy. Oh, so here's what I think. I think they are going to add Raditz. They they may add like maybe two members of the Ginyu Force, maybe three, three members of the Ginyu Force on there. Um, I believe they're going to add movie characters on there because the sky's the limit at this point. You can add Turles, Raditz, Jace, Berta, because Jace is my favorite Ginyu Force. Now. Yeah, mine too. Mine too. Um, so I I'll be cool with that and Doctor Willow. Just add Doctor Willow in there because Doctor Willow will be a tank. All he's is he's in a machine, so he's not going to move backward. He's going to move like Broly. That's basically what's going to end up happening. But but still, yet though, man. I just I just need Capcom to do to do better. That's all. I, I, I agree. I need something else. I need something else, man. Capcom just can't. You know, Street Fighter. Well, really, Resident Evil shouldn't be the only game from Capcom making big moves. That's that's the and, and Monster Hunter too, because Monster and, Hunter is there, and Ace Attorney that's there too. It's ridiculous. So it's ridiculous. But anyway, mm. but anyway, I guess we can segue to our our top nine, top ten list. E that you mm-hmm. you know you know want to speak about. And, before we get to that Assassin B, I have not seen the fan based DBZ where Raditz lived. Honestly, I always thought he was a cool character, but you know, whatever. They killed him off. But you know, I haven't. Have you E? Have you seen it? Uh, I have not. I have not seen it. Okay. Okay. Hmm. You gotta check that out, I guess. You can Google that real quick, but I don't know, E. Let's 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 get to your list. All right, man, listen. <laughs> this, okay, again, I say this is not my personal list here. This is according to Screen Rant, okay? This is every Sega console ranked worst to best. It is nine, nine consoles. From Genesis to Dreamcast, Sega has released some of the game's greatest consoles as well as some of the worst consoles in history. <sighs> All right, let's get let's. Let's uh, we're gonna we're gonna get to it here. We're gonna play some uh, <laughs> trying to find some good old Sega like, oh. Sega like music here, man. But what, what, why you feel this way? Why, why you feel this way? This fucking list. Whatever. <laughs> so number nine, number nine, SG one thousand. Now, easily the least known of all the mainstream second consoles, the SG-1000 was the company's first major foray into the console market. The SG-1000 was released only in the Pacific region, focusing mainly on Japan, Taiwan, Australia, and New Zealand. It launched on July 15, 1983, the same day as Nintendo's Famicom, or the NES. The SG-1000 went virtually unnoticed, unable to compete with the juggernaut that was Nintendo, but it did give Sega some much needed experience in the home gaming market. Sega would learn from the SG-1000 and make improvements for the next console. I never heard of the SG-1000 until today. Me neither. Me neither. But as far as the name, I've seen the console before, but never knew the name. But number eight, the 32X, released in 1994. 
that 32X was a peripheral or add-on for the Genesis Mega Drive console, while the Genesis was 16-bit, the 32X edition would allow gamers to play new titles that were 32-bit, meaning mm -hmm. they had better graphics and smoother gameplay. The problem is that Sega tried launching the 32X alongside their next, next, their new next generation Saturn console in Japan, and only five months before the Saturn launch in North America. Now, because of this, developers focus on the Saturn games instead of 32X titles, giving the peripheral or catalytically small game library of just 40 titles. On top of that, the 32X needed its own power cord and a cord that connected to the Genesis, which also had its own power cord, leading to a messy power hungry machine that required a lot of space and open outlets. You agree with that? You know, I never knew they tried to launch that along with Saturn. I never really realized that. Yeah, they did. That, that's why I never, you know, shout out the way it did. Like, we seen the 32X being advertised up on a computer, I mean, uh, on commercials and stuff like that. But even as a kid, it didn't even appeal to me. I'm like, eh, I'm doing my second justice. I'm good with that. Well, I mean, I, 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 remember, I remember saying it too, but again, Saturn, that was like the, the next thing. Right. Was, like, you can tell that that was the focus was the fact. So I never really did it that the 32X because it was all about the Saturn. But I never realized it was the second time. I didn't really yeah. notice it. But whatever. Fuck the beggar. That was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so next is the Pico. Now the Pico was launched in nineteen ninety three and was an edutainment concert console for the children. Now at the time the Pico technology was quite impressive. It looked like a laptop or hooked up to the TV, and it came with a attached stylus that could be used to interact with the games and even draw on the console's gamer pad, producing an image on the screen. Now, while the console did moderately well in Japan, it was a complete failure in North America. This was largely due <laughs> to the cultural perception of Sega and video games at the time. Sega had just been part of a congressional hearing and video games were being blamed for crime and delinquency. So no parent wanted to have a, their four-year-old learn from a gaming console. Bad timing, I, I would suppose. You know what? See, I'll be honest with you. Maybe that be Neo. It's funny. Because when I was a kid, you know, how should I say this? I guess for us, the culture was different. We we weren't really aware of these controversies because, you know, e, I, I had quite a few, I guess, quote unquote, violent games. But, you know, it really wasn't like that big of a deal to me because, I mean, I wasn't going to go out here and hurt people or shoot anybody or, you know, like it, you know, like I I, I recently learned the controversy about this back then recently. Like, actually, I, I think there's a Netflix special on it, but, you know, games like Mortal Kombat, like all these other games were violent and they were, you know, not kid-friendly. But I mean, E, I mean, I don't know about your folks, but my, my folks didn't really care. It's a video game. It wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> you know, so I just think it's funny hearing stuff like that, you know, is 
congressional hearings and these game systems being blamed for crime and delinquency. No, that's just bad parenting. Don't blame the video game. You're a bad parent. So mm-hmm. I kind of take offense <laughs> to that. I kind of take offense to that. You know, I mean, because, hey, it, it, it's funny. That's all. It's real funny. And plus, you people really thought the Pico was a bad system. Like the Pico was going to make us do crime. Really? <laughs> really? I mean, mm-hmm. look at it. Look at it. It's, it's a giant Pikachu face on the goddamn front of it. Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. But, you know, I digress. I just, I just thought it was funny. You know, things were different back then. It was the culture. We all played violent video games. And we all turned out fine, I would think. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I never really agree with that, that whole thing. Now, Grand Theft Auto, yeah, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, you know Grand Theft is different, but, you know, hey, it a is a little bit, a little different, a little, a little different. So, number six, in 1990, Sega released their first and only handheld console, the Game Gear. Yes. It was designed to compete directly with Nintendo's Game Boy, and Sega felt they had a winner. Unlike the Game Boy, dull calculator-looking screen get display, the Game Gear was in full color and backlit, allowing you to play in the dark. It even had cool peripherals like a TV tuner and a screen magnifier. However, the Game Gear had its downsides too. Its massive amount of power quickly sucked the life out of batteries. The console required four at a time and it wasn't as portable as the Game Boy. It was bulky, long, and heavy. The game cartridges were bigger than the Game Boys as well. Your thoughts? I had a Game Gear. I loved it. You know, I think it was ahead of the time. Like that was that was a really I think that was a shift in, in the gaming industry. If you had the Game Boy and everything, it was dope for what it was. But then you had the Game Gear, that that took it to a whole nother level. So I just think the Gear was ahead of its time. I don't I don't know if we were ready for that yet. Sure. I don't know. What do you think? Sure. Um, I think we was ready. I think they should have tested it even more because ba- we were going through batteries like X Lacks. That's true. Like you, you literally, <laughs> like that's, you that's taking, true. you taking field trips, man, and you're gonna need at least, at least three or four packs of batteries, fam. Yeah, at least that that was a downside. That you know what I'm saying? Like two on the way, two on the way back. You know what I'm saying? That that you needed that. Uh, I forgot the, how long that Game Gear was staying. You know. Um, working, you know, with the battery life. I forgot how long it was, but I mean, you had the, you know, the uh, the plug and everything else, you know, the play like that. But but still, yet though, man, if you're on a field trip, you ain't got no outlets. This the '90s. There's no outlets on a bus. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's plus you were burning through batteries. It was crazy. Plus, the Game Gear was big as shit. It was fucking huge. It was a weapon. <laughs> yeah, it was a weapon. So you, you had to carry that thing around. It's like, come on, man. But, <laughs> you know. It, it was definitely a weapon. I mean, you know, <laughs> you got a bully, toss that shit like a boomerang. I guarantee you, you will knock him the fuck out. 
<laughs> like, like it just is yeah. thick and bulky. Yeah, but don't throw it at her because then your mom will get mad at you. That shit was expensive. You don't want to hear that you know, from moms. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but mom, I got a bully. He hit me. I I, I hit him. I snap him with the, you know, the first thing I had in my hand, which was a Game Gear. So he got a concussion, whatever. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> number five. Now, before the 32X was released, the Genesis Mega Drive released its first peripheral in 1991 with the Sega CD. The new disc drive was attached to the console, allowing for better sound quality, better graphics, and most importantly, bigger, longer games. Unfortunately, many games released for the peripheral were tacky, full motion video, games that played out like interactive movies. These became notorious for being low quality and dull. However, the Sega CD also saw some outstanding titles in its library, many of which went on to be critically acclaimed and are now prized possessions for retro gamers. Games like Sonic CD, the Lunar series, Snatcher, and Heart of the Alien all became celebrated classics. I agree with that all day. Snatcher is really good. And Cyberpunkish, man, I, I highly encourage you, uh, you guys actually play it. I actually have Sega CD games added uh, to my Sega Genesis Classic, so... I do not. Surprisingly, I do not. Okay, I thought you did. I thought you did. Okay. I thought you did. I, I never had one. My mom wouldn't buy because it, it was too expensive. That shit was expensive. <laughs> yes. Very much so, bro. Very. I, I, I wanted one, but I was not getting that for Christmas. I wasn't. Too expensive. Yeah, just 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 um know that you didn't do yourself a disservice by not getting one, but at the same time you kind of did yourself a disservice because you can only play the game on the Sega CD that I'm that I'm mentioning, or that have been mentioned in this article. So it's kind of like, eh. but in today's technology, you can easily get it, no problem, no problem. So so the next uh, on the list here is you guessed it the sega saturn now when the saturn was released in the u.s in 1995 it was an absolute failure sega thought the future of gaming would be a continuation of what it was in the genesis snes era 2d side scrollers arcade force and fantasy based rpg however the release of the playstation changed everything Yes. The console market was now moving towards a fully 3D adventure games, first-person shooters, and survival horror. The Saturn didn't have any of those, so customers chose other consoles instead. Now, this doesn't mean the Master System, Master System was bad, but merely misunderstood. The Saturn did, in fact, have tons of highly praised games like Nights Into Dreams, Clockwork Knight, Dragon Force, and Panzer Dragoon franchise. Sadly, the console's high price point and disinterest from consumers meant that many of these excellent titles were only be enjoyed by a small number of players. So, Thanos Ray, I will never forget. You remember E3? <laughs> where they announced Sega Saturn and then maybe like across the hall or wherever, PlayStation announced their PlayStation and it was cheaper and they, and they made it a big deal. That this was cheaper than Sega Saturn. They didn't say this is cheaper than Sega Saturn. They said, oh, by the way, here's our price point. <sighs> and by the way, he, here are our games. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Sega, like fuck. Those Sega systems were expensive, and you know I I, I can't say that enough. They were pricey, you know. So PlayStation comes out, it's not as expensive, it's innovative, it's new. Yeah, Saturn really dropped the ball on that one. I mean, I understand their thought process, but you know they just weren't thinking about the future and you know what was ahead. So. You know, shame on shame on Sega for not for not being innovative. They they fucked that up because the, the Saturn wasn't a bad system. It 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 really wasn't a bad system. It just wasn't PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, it, PlayStation just had a better market. They, yeah. I mean, there was this introduction into gaming, right? Sony PlayStation was like, oh, by the way, here is this price point, and the rest was history with Sega yeah. Saturn. It's like, eh, Sega Saturn, though, Sega Saturn is the king of imports, though. I would definitely say that because yeah. you could um, basically get a Japanese original title, have a cartridge converter. And boom, you got yourself a game. You had Fatal Fury, King of Fighters, Dragon Ball Z, Legends. You know what I'm saying? I saw that's what the first time I've seen Dragon Ball Z games. Because I'll never forget, I had Game Pro Magazine, and there was a whole page spread on import games for Sega Saturn. And it was fighting games. And I will say the Sega Saturn controller is, if not the best fighting game controller, is definitely top three. Like it, it was definitely the king of fighting game console. It was definitely is. So I'm gonna you give know, the nod to to Sega Saturn on that aspect, but PlayStation got it overall. I never knew that because my my intro to import games was on PlayStation. That was my intro to it. I never really realized Sega Saturn had, or you were able to play imported games. I never knew that. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yep. Yeah, man. Oh. <sighs> Well, yeah, it's like, oh, well. Oh, man. But, yeah, so now here comes our number three, y'all. Number three is our master system. After the failure of the SG-1000, Sega learned quite a few lessons. In 1986, they came out with their new console, the master system. This 8-bit device was finally on par with Nintendo and became Sega's first true competitive moves in the growing console war. Now, it was it was also the first time Sega released games that will become famous and cement the company in gaming history forever. Both Space Harrier and Fantasy Star were first released on the Master System and proved that Sega could produce outstanding games. Now, the console saw widespread success in Europe and especially Brazil, where the Master System is still being sold to this day. Can you believe that? It's still crazy. Really? Why? Yes. I, it, it's damn good, man. Like, it, it's, it's good. Like, I, I think I've seen a Master System at a convention, and I should have bought it then. But why? Uh... I don't know, man. I mean, it's an eight-bit system. Okay, okay, okay. So I, I see a Super Famicom, and I see a Famicom, like the Japanese Nintendo and Super Nintendo. It's just that like the, the controller setup, the cartridges looks more fun, if that makes sense. More colorful or whatever the case would be. 
So you got the master system, which you know I am a collector. So I want to say I've seen a Sega master system before, and it looks great. I mean, it really does. The packaging looks good. Like if I was a kid and I saw a master system, I would probably go for the master system before Nintendo, just because of the look. Just because of the look, it was black and red. Nintendo was was great and had red lettering. It was plain. You know what I'm saying? So if I would have seen that as a kid, I would have got a master system. And you know, that probably wasn't be a mistake, but <laughs> but still, you know. Okay. Just saying, man. Just saying. But Nintendo had a stranglehold on like. 80s and you know early 90s. Let's let's be real about that. It, it was in there. Nintendo was definitely making moves. I mean, you know, stupid moves. Mario, like, stupid Mario, isn't good. Mario was ridiculous. Out of this world, ridiculous. I don't think people realize how crazy that that was. Yeah, true that. True that, man. And then hey, check it out. Number two, number two. Here we go. Is sadly the console that many argue is Sega's best also turned out to be their last. In 1998, the company launched the Dreamcast in Japan. A year later, it was released in North America. It was high powered, had better graphics than anything else on the market, and even had built in internet connectivity. At the time, it was a true technological marvel and also had some heavily praised games like Soul Calibur. Jet Set Radio, and your personal favorite Thanos Rick, Shinmu. But throughout the Dreamcast lifespan, the imminent launch of the PlayStation 2 moved over Sega like a dark cloud. Sony was about to launch an even <laughs> more powerful gaming machine, and due to failures like 32X and Saturn, consumers had lost faith in Sega, and this combination led to the death of Dreamcast and Sega as a console maker, despite the fact that Dreamcast was truly a great system. You know, E, I, I really loved my, my Dreamcast. Hell I really, yes. I, I really, 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 really loved my Dreamcast. Yes, Shenmue is a personal favorite of mine, but I loved playing NFL 2K and NBA 2K. Those games were fantastic. Fancy Star Online, fantastic. You know, Crazy Taxi, as crazy as that sounds, great game. I love playing Crazy Tag. Like it, it was, it was a fantastic system. It really was. I love the controller. I love the look of it. You know, but as you mentioned, E, that that goddamn Sony strikes again. Strikes again, man. Strikes again. And you know what did it though? You know, you really want to know what did it? It said, "Hey, boys and girls, we can play DVDs, and you don't have to buy a separate remote for it. You can use your PlayStation controller to fast forward, to skip, and do whatever you want." And that was it. That was a selling point. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because DVDs were starting to pop, and then it was, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> man, I just, I, I feel like, okay, there was a lot of internal struggle going on, like with Dreamcast, right? So um, Tom Kalinske was really the guy that catapulted Sega Genesis in the U.S. to its success to where it got, right? Mm -hmm. 
had Japan listened to this man, I feel like Sega would still have a console to this day. But they were so gung-ho about doing stuff and releasing things early. Because I think um, prior to his advisement about releasing the Sega Saturn, it did it anyway. And it failed. And then um, I think Kalinske got let go and Bernard Stolar ended up taking over. And then, of course, you know, Dreamcast is a phenomenal console. Still is. But if they just held off just a little longer, they could have just said, hey, we can also play DVDs and you can use internet as well. And I feel like Dreamcast still would have had a dog in the fight. <sighs> so, I, it, you I know, mean, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But then, E, that that would beg the question, well, who has the better games? You know, uh, it, honestly? Because that, that would have came down to, okay, well, yeah, we can do that too, but which system has the better games? And although I love games on Dreamcast, E, I don't know if I can say without a shadow of a doubt that it would have surpassed the games for PlayStation 2. So here's the thing. So I heard, um, I, I think it was for either Dreamcast or Saturday. It was one of those two. Microsoft wanted to work with them. They said no. Sony wanted to work with them. They said no. They said no. They went somewhere else. So if I feel like if Sega didn't say no, there wouldn't be an Xbox. They would just been working with Microsoft. It still would have been Sega. You know what I'm saying? It still would have been that. If they didn't say no to Sony, maybe Sony wouldn't have a PlayStation. It's funny how things turn out. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like uh, with Blockbuster. And the guy from Netflix actually walked into Blockbuster and said, hey, we want to do this and this and this. And they laughed in his face. And the rest is history. Where is Blockbuster? Nowhere. Except for that one store. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's funny, man. Like, you know, life it, it's a true definition of life is about choices. <laughs> and if you're going to make the right one. You know what I'm saying? That one store. That, that one freaking store, man. That one store. It, it's crazy, though. It, 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 it is crazy. But it is what it is, man. It is what it is. So... Check this out. So number one. Number one. Number one is the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive. Because you know if it wasn't on any of the past eight, you already know what number one was. And launched as the Genesis in North America and the Mega Drive everywhere else. This 16-bit console was the biggest win in Sega's history. Thanks to the hit games like Streets of Rage, Earthworm Jim, Altered Beast, and of course, Sega's best-selling franchise of all time, Sonic the Hedgehog, the console skyrocketed its popularity and gave Nintendo some serious competition. Part of this success was, the, was because of Genesis Mega Drive targeted to an older market than Nintendo. This is the most obvious in Sega's decision to keep the blood in Mortal Kombat red, whereas the SNES changed it to gray sweat. Sadly, Sega was never able to recapture this level of fame success and fortune ever again. That's Tom Kalinske. 
pounds. I'm a huge Sega head, man. And, and it's and it's so and it's so bad and it's so hard to to look at a franchise and know this could be greater than what it really end up being. But it is what it is. You know, my own issue with this list, I would I wouldn't move up the game gear to the third spot. Yes. Oh, you said what now? I would move Game Gear to number three. Really? Game. Yeah. Game Gear was pretty good, though. Above Master System, which yeah. was the first bit of competition for Nintendo. I would put it number three. Wow. I'm just, okay. I, I'm not hot on the Master System like 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 you are. I just, yeah. I mean, I've I've, I've seen it, but it, I I wasn't blown away by it. Okay. But that okay. that game deal was a game changer. <laughs> that, game, <laughs> that game deal was a game changer. And I don't think that that just gives enough credit like it should. But that's my opinion. But that's my humble yeah. opinion. <laughs> well, man, ladies and gentlemen, that is our Sega list for today, man. And I re- honestly, the SG one thousand, I didn't do that. That system even existed. I, I had no clue. Had no clue. Oh well. And there was a Sega Nomad too, which was basically a handheld Sega Genesis. You could put Sega Genesis cartridges in there, and that sucked the life out of batteries. You hear me? Probably faster than Game Gear, to be honest. I think it was like six, six batteries. I think I'm not 100 sure, man. But don't don't ever get that. Don't don't ever get that. Well, but that's that. That's why it didn't make the list. Either. Yeah. It didn't make the list. It didn't it didn't make the list. I mean if you're doing everything that Sega did, then I understand that wholeheartedly. But it doesn't belong there. It doesn't. But hey y'all, we will be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time to close out for the weekend and also tune in at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv forward slash orange phoenix TV for our Twitch stream for tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Phoenix Rick, I had uh, a lot of fun playing Streets of Rage 4 again, you know what I'm saying, because I played that uh, on Saturday, but I will be getting down to nitty gritty, as promised, I will be playing Batman Returns for Ooh. the SNES, yes, one of the one of the best Batman games out there, so I, I'm definitely going to be knocking that out, you know, um, hopefully beat it, um, we're going to look to beat this game, you know, we're going to look to beat this game, so so uh, twist.tv forward slash orange phoenix tv and do not forget to check out our magazine i'm telling you this is the biggest issue yet the biggest issue yet is yet to be released it will be but you know what go ahead and check out a july edition of orange phoenix magazine until the august edition is released in which we will be releasing that soon go to patreon.com forward slash orange phoenix and check out the magazine and if you have yet to join our facebook group page Go to Facebook, type in Orange Phoenix Geek Corner, and you come in and join the group, man. We got a bunch of like-minded individuals, post memes and discussion posts, and, and have movie nights. Very, very, very positive space. Do not forget to follow us at Orange Phoenix Media. And we got some sales coming up very, very soon for the month of August for Public as well. <sighs> man, got anything else for the listeners out there? Thank those Rick. Hey, man. Uh, and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs>
Never mind. Go ahead. We good. <laughs> I forgot, man. Look, you guys have an awesome Thursday. I will see you guys at 7 p.m. tonight, Eastern Time, on Twitch. Till next time. Peace. Peace.